0: a loving Savior that, we will, that will never, ever disappoint us, never leave us. And it is him that we are celebrating this season. It is the birth of Jesus Christ, the chosen one, that we are celebrating. And we have cause to rejoice and to celebrate. You know, last week, we hit the rewind button, and we went back to the Garden of Eden. And we saw in Genesis where God had created the heavens and the earth. He created man and woman, and he looked at it, and he said, it is very good. And then in chapter 3, we saw where sin entered the world, and that's what this is. You know, um, God created man to have fellowship with him and to walk with him and, and to be with him. And yet, when sin entered the world, it separated us from God. So we're separated from him. And, and so all throughout the Old Testament, we see this need for a sacrifice to, to, to forgive or to cover, to atone for our sins. And we saw that clear back in the beginning in Genesis chapter 3, 21. We saw where an animal had to be sacrificed in order to, to cover Adam and Eve. And so all throughout now the Old Testament, we see how, how sin is being atoned for. And how the Old Testament is his story. It is God preparing mankind for the Messiah. For this thing that we are celebrating this season, the coming of Jesus Christ. And so this week when we hit the rewind button, we go back to about 1440 BC, when we see the sacrificial system, that's what we're going to talk about this morning, how that points forward to Jesus Christ and how the sacrificial system is a type of Christ. You see, as you study the Old Testament, there are, there are many types of Christ. And a type is a people, a place, an event that points forward to Jesus Christ. And we'll talk this morning a little bit about the Passover. And that is a, that is a type of Christ. It's a person or thing in the Old Testament which foreshadows Christ. So when we say something is a tri- type of Christ... We're saying that that person in the Old Testament behaved in such a way that points forward to Jesus Christ. And we see that, that the tabernacle that was built. That, that, that God commanded the children of Israel to build was a type of Christ and, and the sacrificial system that, that he implemented was, was a type of Christ and, and the Passover to me is one of the most beautiful types of Christ that we see in, in the Old Testament when the children of Israel came out of Egypt but we have to understand that Jesus' work on the cross was the fulfillment of the law And the prophets. And we have to understand this in order to to properly connect the dots. As to how Jesus provided atonement through his life, his death, and his resurrection. And for me, when I go back and I I preach about the sacrificial system and, and, and types of Christ. It gets me out of my comfort zone. But, but, I, but I feel like it is very critical, again, as, as I prayed about and, and thought about this, this Christmas series, that we understand why Christ had to come. We understand that already back in Genesis, that from the beginning of time, God was, was preparing his son for this entrance into the world, nearly 2,000 years ago, so that he could become, he would be our Savior. And so it's important for us to understand the sacrificial system, to appreciate what Christ did on the cross for me. What he did by coming here, being born into this earth. You know, the law of, of Moses was, was really, it was Israel's Constitution. You know, the law uh, would prescribe the system of atonement by which men would have their sins atoned for in God's sight. And we have to remember, when I talk about atonement in the Old Testament, see, God made provision for sin to be covered through the sacrificial system. When, when sacrifices were offered, and we'll talk about those, sin was just covered. But when Jesus Christ came and perfected that, our sins were forgiven. They were taken away. They were washed away. You see, God's sentence in the Garden of Eden for sin was very clear. He told Adam and Eve, the day that you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. So God's sentence for sin is death to the offender. Because we were all born into sin, our sentence as a man, as a human being, is, is death. Because we're born into sin. So our sentence is, is death. Because we're guilty of breaking God's law. But God demonstrated his grace to us by providing a system of atonement through the law. So God provided a system in the Old Testament of covering the sins Of the people. He provided a way because of His grace and His love. God provided a means, a substitution for our penalty of sin. And according to the law that He gave the children of Israel, a worthy sacrifice could be offered on man's behalf. But always blood had to be part of that sacrifice. Blood had to be offered. The heart and soul of this Jewish law. Of the sacrificial system was the spilling of blood. And Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 says, For the life of the creature is in the blood. And I have given to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So in the Old Testament, blood had to be shed to atone, to cover the sins of the people. But it only covered, it did not take away. But Christ's fulfillment of the sacrificial system produced a thorough cleansing, a removal of sins from us. And the foundation of our understanding Christ's work is it's necessary for us to understand the sacrificial system. And the shedding of blood. Because blood sacrifices provided a cleansing for both ceremonial purposes and, and atonement. You see, in the Old Testament, the sacrificial, when in the altar, in, like in, in the Holy of Holies and, and all of their stuff, their, their altars, had to have blood sprinkled on them to purify them. So blood was necessary to purify almost everything. And in Hebrews chapter 9, and turn with me to Hebrews, and we're going to be, we're going to be looking at chapters 9 and 10, a few verses here and there, um, because what, what the book of Hebrews does is it ties together what happened in the Old Testament, the foreshadowing of Christ, and how it applies to us today. and And the book of Hebrews was written to to Jewish believers, people who were, who, were try, who were thinking about maybe going back to that system, that old system of, of, of the sacrificial of the law. And so the Hebrew writer is, is talking to him about that. And, and in chapter 9, verse 22, it says, In fact, the law required that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness. So on a daily basis, the sacrificial system was a part of their life. Every day there was a regular offering given. And in, in, in the book of Exodus, chapter 29, and I'd like for you to write these, we're not going to turn to them, but I'd like for you to write these, these scriptures down so you can go back and you can, can look at these verses and do your own study so you can understand this better. But in Exodus, chapter 29, verse 38, it says, this is what you are to offer on the altar regularly, every day, two lambs a year old, offer one in the morning, And the other at twilight. So every morning and every night, a lamb had to be offered for the sins of the people. Then every every Sabbath day, there was an offering that had to be made. It says in the book of Numbers... Chapter 28, verse 9, it says, On the Sabbath day, make an offering of two lambs a year old without defect. And this is very important. That lambs that were offered for sacrifice had to be without defect. They had to be completely clean and, and, and okayed to be, to be offered as a Sacrifice. And then additionally, at the beginning of every month, an offering had to be made. In the book of Numbers, again in verse 11, it says, On the first day of the month, present to the Lord, burn offering of two young bulls, one ram and seven male lambs, each a year old, all without defect. And then it goes on in, 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 in verse 15, it says, Besides the regular offering... With its drink offerings, one male goat is presented to the Lord as a sin offering. So, as you look at this system, there was a continual, almost 24-hour-a-day offering of animals, offering of lambs for the covering of the sins of the people. And so, many of your priests were really almost, in a sense, glorified butchers because that's all they ever did was sacrifice animals. But God's justice, because God is just, you know, we talk about God being a loving God, but God is also just, and there is a penalty for sin but God's grace allowed a substitution so that we didn't have to take on that penalty but he provided another way for that penalty to be paid in the old testament that penalty was paid through the offering of animals for sacrifice but the entire system here was a foreshadowing of Christ's own substitutionary death on the cross and that's you know when we think about when we think about Christmas and we think about about Christ being born about this cute little baby, this cute little baby that was born in a manger came with a very specific mission. That mission was to to put to 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 eliminate the sin, to, to bring us in unity with God again. And the way that he had to do that was to die. So he came. Jesus Christ came to this earth specifically so he could die, become our perfect sacrifice for the penalty of death that that was due to us. But the Old Testament system was just a pointing forward, a foreshadowing of what was to come. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1, it says this, The law is only a shadow of of the good things to come. In other words, the law is only a type of what is coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never be by, any, by, by the same sacrifice repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, they would not have, they would not, they would, they would not have stopped being offered, for the worshiper would have been cleansed once and for all and would no longer have felt guilt for their sins, but verse three says those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sin because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. What the Hebrew writer is saying is, look, if if the sacrificial system would have been would have been perfected, they would have had to offer lamb one time, sins would have been forgiven, and we could have gone on. They, they wouldn't have to have been offered day after day after day. But he reminds us that this system was just a foreshadow of what was coming. That there was something better coming. And next week we'll talk about how, how the, the prophets, how they, how they saw, how God showed them how there was a more perfect way coming, that he was, that God was sending the Messiah to this earth to become the perfect sacrifice the Lamb of God. And as you look into at at the New Testament, as you look at at what the prophets wrote, he talks constantly, it talks about the lamb that was slain, the lamb that was offered. Jesus Christ became that lamb, the sacrificial lamb. Christ came to fulfill the law. And he says, Jesus said in Matthew 17 Do not think that I have come to abolish the law, to get rid of it. I have come to fulfill it. Jesus came to fulfill that law of the sacrificial system. To once and for all put away with the need for animals to be sacrificed. And so as you look at the sacrificial system, it's a beautiful picture a foreshadowing of what, of what Christ was going to become. And in two weeks, we'll talk about Jesus, the Lamb. And when you look at the, at the Passover, it's also a type of Christ. And in, in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul said, Christ, our Passover Lamb, is sacrificed for us. And once we understand, when we discover what the events of the Passover teach us about Christ, it—it, it, I can't even explain how, how incredibly clear it becomes. If you remember, the, the Passover was celebrated bec- for um, the children of Israel being released from Egypt, Because remember, the children of Israel had been in bondage in Egypt for 430 years. Moses came as their redeemer. He came to release them from that bondage. But if you remember, what had to happen is there had to be plagues. God sent plagues on the, on the people of Egypt. And if, if, something interesting is each one of the plagues in Egypt had something to do with the gods and goddesses of Egypt. So God sent place. He sent flies and he sent frogs and he sent boils and, and he sent blood in um, the Nile. And, and eventually the firstborn of every household was killed. But what God said to, to Moses, he said, he said you, Moses, tell the children of Israel that they are to, to take a lamb and they are to, to take this lamb, and again, it talks about it being a perfect lamb, a spotless lamb, a lamb without defect. Sacrifice that lamb, take the blood, spread it over the doorpost, and when I pass over tonight, your lives will be spared, and you will be released from Egypt. And so that night, if you remember the story... You know, the children of Israel, they, they, um, they, they sacrificed lambs. And every family that had, that had blood on their doorposts was passed over. But every other household, the oldest child, the firstborn, died. And then God told the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, he said that, that you are to celebrate this Passover every year to remind yourselves and to remind your children of what I did for you, of this Passover lamb. And, and, and the celebration centers around the Passover lamb. It centers around the, the, the sacrifice of blood that was put on the doorpost and, and, and the, the lamb that, that was slain. And then when you read the New Testament, you know, Jesus or or John, when he saw Jesus coming for the very first time when he was baptizing people, you remember that? What did he say? Paul said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's a beautiful picture of just like the children of Israel. We are in bondage or we were in bondage to sin. But because Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb, came, died for us, shed his blood, we were freed from that bondage of sin. See, Jesus Christ, the babe born in a manger, came with a very specific mission. That mission was to become the Passover lamb, to become that sacrificial lamb that would take away our sin. 1 Peter 1, verse 18 says that, that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Do you get that? That, that wording, that in the New Testament, you know, the writers, all, when they talked about Christ, they talked about him without blemish or defect, just like the Passover lamb and, and, and the lamps for sacrifice were written about in the Old Testament. Because it was a foreshadowing of what was to come. And when Jesus, actually the symbolism in the Passover, you know when Jesus came into the city five days before Passover, and it was five days before Passover that, that people had to select their lamb, their lamb without defect, and they were to keep them in, in, in a holding place for five days before they were sacrificed on the day of Passover. And Jesus died on the cross at three in the afternoon, At the very time that the Passover lamb was being presented, was being sacrificed to celebrate the freedom from bondage in Egypt. Jesus is our Passover lamb. It was a foreshadowing of what was to come. Colossians 2.13. It says, when you were dead in your sins and uncircumcised In the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all of our sins. No longer were our sins just atoned for, just covered up. But our sins were forgiven. We were made clean. It says, having canceled the written code with the regulation, regulation, in other words, the old law that was against us and that stood opposed to us, He took it away, nailing it to the cross. He nailed our sins to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to the religious festivals or the new moons or the celebration or the Sabbath. These are just a foreshadowing of things to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. What the writer there, what Paul is saying is, is, look, your sins were forgiven. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, when his blood was shed for us, your sins were forgiven. There was no longer a need for the old law, for the festivals, for all those things to be practiced because Christ came to forgive you. To, to, to do a way to once and for all fulfill the law that was required. Jesus is our Passover lamb. The babe that came, came to die for you and me. That's why he came. And that's what I want us to remember this Christmas season, that this baby was so much more, you know, there, there were, I'm sure, thousands of baby born, babies born the very same day that Jesus was But what was different about him was, first of all, he was God. And he came to die for you and me. And we have to keep that perspective during this season. That this babe came to die for me. He came to be sacrificed for my sins. And this was all in God's plan from the very beginning. Galatians says, Galatians 4, 4 and 5. But when... The set time had fully come. When the set time, there obviously were plans made. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. That we might receive adoption to sonship. When the words Christ came to bring us, to put away with this sin that separates us, me from God. That's why Christ came to make me, to make us sons and daughters of God. And it's important that we are able to connect the dots from the beginning of time, from Genesis to Revelation, that we connect the dots, that that God did, you know, that we understand God created a perfect world without corruption. But sin entered the world. And that sin required a death. God provided atonement for our sins through, through animal sacrifice, the covering of our sins, for several thousand years in preparation for the Messiah. But his bigger plan is was to provide a system that would not just cover, but that would take away the sins of the world. And God's solution to take away the sins of the world was his son, Jesus Christ. And he chose to send him in the world as a human being, as, as, as a spotless, perfect lamb of God. And that, that, and that son, that baby would grow up, to become a man, he would remain spotless, he would remain perfect, And still his mission from the day he came was to become the sacrificial lamb that died for you and died for me so that we could spend eternity with Jesus Christ, with him in heaven. He came for no other reason. He came to die for our sins and to cleanse us and to make us righteous. That's why Jesus Christ came. And I want us to remember that as we celebrate Christmas. You know, that we don't get so caught up in, in, in the toys and, and in the food and in this, all the celebration of it that we forget how precious this gift really was. And that He was the greatest gift that we received. Nothing greater. Jesus really is, as we always, you know, we always say this thing, Jesus is the reason for the season. But let's live that. Let's live that fact. And remember, he really is the reason for the season. He came to die so that we would have life. Father God, Lord, I praise you for the great gift of Jesus. Lord, I praise you that that we don't have to go looking for for perfect lambs, that we don't have to, to every day, day after day, be offering sacrifices, be be slaughtering uh, sheep and goats and, and other things to to have our sins covered over. But Lord that we have a savior that came and, and, and became that sacrifice for me. Well, that you took on our sin and all the bad things that we have ever done, our sinful nature, you took that on yourself. You became a substitute for my ugliness and my sinfulness. And my prayer is that that together we would this season We would all year long, but especially, Lord, in the next couple weeks, we would celebrate that fact that that you gave us the most incredible gift ever. I just want to thank you and praise you, give you honor and glory. Lord, I pray that we would celebrate this season with purpose, understand the meaning, or we would use this season to to teach our children and, and to talk to our friends about this incredible gift. And we would reflect your giving through, we, we would reflect you by the way that we love other people. And so, Father, as we leave from here today, I want to pray that we would just take it to heart and, and, and make this season so real as we reflect on your gift. And Lord, I just, again, I praise you for that gift and and pray that we would bring you honor and glory through everything that we do as we walk out these doors, that we would bring you honor and glory in the places we work, in our schools, in our homes, in restaurants and stores. Lord, we we would point people to you. They would see you through us precious name of our Savior Jesus that I pray. Amen.